Good day, AFM Impact. It's a privilege to be in your homes today. We all would have wished that it could have been in your wonderful church, at the church building. But this is the reality as it is. But thanks again for having me in your homes. And especially thank you for Pastor Owen that invited me to speak to you. Now, my relationship with your assembly is a special one. I have a special relationship with your previous pastors, Pastor Antoinette Erasmus and Dr. Dennis Erasmus, and also now with your new pastor, Pastor Owen Smith. I believe he's a very dynamic young leader and that he will take your church from strength to strength. So it's, it's a friendship that I do treasure, and that is the friendship that I have with you and with your leaders. Now, if I were to start today, I would like to ask you, where would the place be where you would least likely want to spend the 48-hour period? Especially alone, without food, without security, water, etc. What would that place be? Would it perhaps be in the Kruger National Park, just outside the safety of a camp where you are among the animals, the lions, the leopards, the crocodiles, the snakes, the spiders, the hyenas, and all the sounds of the night? Or would it be perhaps in a cemetery? There's just something about a cemetery after dark. I don't know about you, but there's just something about a cemetery. I remember when I was a kid, the town I grew up in, there was also a cemetery. And to get from one specific place to another, there was a shortcut that actually went through the cemetery. But we rarely took that shortcut, unless we were a big crowd. And even if we were a big crowd, it wasn't long before we start running to just get out of that cemetery. It's spooky. It's scary. Maybe it's on the open ocean, in a small boat, in a storm. But there's another place I want to talk to you about, and specifically today, and that would be the desert. The desert is a cruel, harsh, and a desolated place. It is not a place where you would like to be found alone, without food or water. It's a place where you would most probably die if left alone there. But Jesus prepared himself. For his ministry in the desert. The ancient people believed that the desert was the place where wild animals stayed, also where evil stayed, where dragons stayed. The ancient mind believed that if you entered the desert, or as they called it, the wilderness, you most probably won't come out alive out of the wilderness. And if you do, it would almost be like a rite of passage. You would have become a woman or a man. And like I said, Jesus prepared himself in the desert for his ministry. When we read in the Gospels about Jesus, we, we read these wonderful stories of, of him being compassionate to people. The epic tales of his miracles, the great wisdom of his teachings. But long before he was able to do that, he went to the desert to prepare himself. Long before there was the victorious entry into Jerusalem. Long before there was the sad crucifixion. Long before there was 
his death, long before his resurrection, long before his ascension that we've celebrated in the week past, long before the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, before all that, there was a desert. Jesus went to the desert to prepare. And I want to invite you today to come with me into the desert and see what we can discover in the desert specifically. And I want to invite you to read a passage from Scripture with me. And it's going to come from Matthew chapter 3 through to chapter 4. And you can open your Bibles now to Matthew chapter 3, either on your device. So if you have a hard copy, a nice Bible in your hand, please turn to Matthew chapter 3. We will be reading there from verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on you. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left and angels came to attend him. Let us pray. Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you will come and enlighten our minds and our hearts so we would be open for whatever it is that your Spirit wants to teach us this morning. Amen. We read about the baptism of Jesus and it's a wonderful picture. There's this Holy Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a wonderful voice speaking from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. But soon after this almost revival-like picture, we read in chapter 4 verse 1 that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And that's the first thought I want to leave with you today. The Holy Spirit leads us into the desert. Now we're entering Concerning the, the, the calendar of the church, we're entering a time of Pentecost. We had Ascension Day, then, the, then you have the 10 days that lead up to Pentecost Sunday. So this week that will, will follow will be, an, an, it will lead up to the, to, to the Sunday of Pentecost. So it's a time where we celebrate the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit means to us and has brought us. But usually when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we speak about His gifts. The power of the Holy Spirit, the special promptings and leadings of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But rarely do we hear conversation, even theology, 
of sermons about the fact that one of the things that the Holy Spirit also does is that it leads us into the desert. The Holy Spirit leads us into the desert. You know what? For the first time in history, all of us are experiencing the same thing. This COVID-19 pandemic has caused all of us to be more or less in the same boat. It has thrown us, thrust us, led us, whatever, into a desert. And you may experience a desert. And if you are not willing to go with this desert, it's going to be very difficult to make sense of it all. And hopefully today this sermon will help you to make some sense of it all. Usually, when we go through difficult times, we want to escape it. It's, it's what I call a Houdini theology. Houdini was this famous escape artist. They locked him up and, and, and threw the keys away, but he had this wonderful um, skill to, to escape. So, some of us have this Houdini theology. When things get difficult, when we go through difficult times, we want to escape. Just listen to some of our prayers when we pray. God, help with this. God, take this away. God, provide for this. God, take me out of this. It's, it's this escapist theology we want out of suffering. But the last few months I've been meditating on this whole theology of suffering. Jesus himself said that suffering is part of picking up our cross. And following him. He spoke about suffering. He himself suffered. And it's important to understand that we need suffering in our lives. We can't have this theology where we just want to escape everything. It's, it's, it's almost like a denial. And I always say when it comes to denial, denial is not a river in Egypt. Denial is a terrible thing. And as long as you deny the fact that sometimes in your life, there will be deserts. And the only way out of a desert is through it. As long as you deny that, the Holy Spirit will not transform you. But if you take a desert and you work with this desert and learn from this desert, and if you are willing to do the inner work, the inside work of your character, in the end, you will come out on the other side of the desert stronger and better. A friend of mine, just a few weeks ago, learned that the place that he worked for, uh, everybody had to take a 50% salary cut. Um, now, I know many of you can relate to this. Some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you had to take pay cuts. It's a terrible time. And he, he said to me, I phoned him immediately after I heard the news, and he was a bit downstruck and and. And, and he was sad and confused and he said, I'll see what I can do. And I said to him, my friend, can I just challenge you? Why don't you go with this? Why don't you allow the Spirit to lead you through this desert? I spoke to him a few days ago and it, and it was wonderful to see that he actually took my words to heart. He went through the desert. He worked with the things. I mean, he had dependents, he had installments, he had a house, he had cars, a big budget to meet. 
But he said, I sat down and I learned a few things. I learned that I still have the people I love in my life. And they still respect me. I learned that I still have God in my life. And that there is now bigger room for God actually to be a provider for me. Because due to my big salary, I've actually stopped trusting God for things because my salary is my providence. I've learned that there's many things that I can go out, go without. A lot of luxuries I have in my life I can go without. I've learned that I can cut my budget down. And the things that I thought was so absolute necessities in my life, not anymore. And I learned that I can be grateful even though I have less. Even now that I live a simpler life, I can be more grateful and also more giving. I can be more generous in the way that I give. It's not how much I give, but that I give. And the fact that I'm now giving out of 50% less just brings this joy and fulfillment into my life. That's someone that took his desert and learned from his desert. What are you going to do with your desert that you're in? Another thing about the deserts and why we want to avoid or escape a desert is a desert time confronts yourself with your dark side. In the desert, you have to face your own demons, the dark side of you, and you have to handle it. And a lot of people can't be alone, can't be in difficult times, can't go through suffering because then they have to face their inner demons. The dark sides. Jesus was tempted. Three specific temptations came to him. And can I just say this about temptations? Temptations are handmade for each and every one of us. Tailor-made. It fits us like a glove. And if you look at the temptations of Jesus, it was specific temptations that he had to deal with before he could become this powerful leader and this powerful servant. The first temptation was on, on a physical level. This level where you can say, you know what, I've come to learn that I am the things that I have. Um, if you look where the specific, where, where, where the tempter come to him and, 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 and the specific temptation, um, he says, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus was hungry. And if he turned these stones into bread, he would have wanted no more. And the temptation he had to face was, I am not the things that I have, but I am the things that God say about me. And Jesus actually answers him. He says, man shall not live from bread alone, but from every word that comes from God. He's saying that the bread alone things in my life doesn't define me. It's the words of God that will define me. Because in the future, Jesus will face a lot of bread alone moments. And, 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 and he learned in the desert that you don't live from bread alone, but from the thoughts and the words of God. How many of us have... Let our lives be defined by the bread alone things. What is on our table? What is in our bank balance? The cars we drive? The homes we stay in? 
the clothes that we wear, the friends that we hang out with, the places we go to. It's all these bread alone things that can so easily define us. And the problem is, when this gets taken away, like so many of us are experiencing in these times, if it gets taken away, we've got nothing to stand on. And, and it's important to learn that we cannot live from these things and these things cannot give us security. We need to get our security from the words of God. The desert will teach you this. The desert taught Jesus this, that he isn't defined by the bread alone things in his life. That's why it didn't bother him when he hadn't, didn't have food. That's why it didn't bother him when he didn't have a place to stay. Because he learned in the desert that my life is not defined by the bread alone things. What is it that you need to learn about the bread alone things? Maybe you need to learn that I can live with less so I can give more. Maybe you need to learn that these things don't define me. It's the words of God that define me. A desert will teach us that. The second temptation that Jesus faced was an emotional one. And the temptation I would like to call is, I am what people think of me. Verse 5 and 6. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Throw yourself down. He will command his angels and they will lift you up in their hands. Now just imagine this for a moment. Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry. After this desert time, he will start his ministry. The devil brings him to the top of the temple. The highest point in the city, but also the most busiest point in the city. Because the temple square is a busy place. Imagine Jesus jumping down and, and the people gasping for their breaths and shouting and looking away. And just before he hits the ground, angels pick him up and put him down. I mean, this would kickstart his ministry. I think the applause would be deafening. The crowd would go wild. And Jesus would start his ministry on a wonderful note with a lot of followers and a lot of people believing in him. The devil is trying to tempt him with the approval of people and telling him, you know what? You are what people say you are. What people think of you. I remember growing up, my parents always used to tell me, when we did something or when they warned us not to do something. Or is it, remember, be careful what the people will say or what the people will think. And this become a way of living. We live our lives thinking about what other people think about us. It's almost like we become puppets, controlled by the opinions of others. I call it approval addiction. We're addicted to the approval of other people. Our lives are controlled by how many people like us, how many people like or love our posts on social media. Um, and, and, and when we place a photo of ourselves, it's always filtered. We want to look good. Our lives are controlled by this obsession, this addiction to the approval of people. And Jesus is telling the devil, I'm not falling for this one. Because the only person I want to satisfy is God. And his will for me is through the desert. Not this way around. I think the people in our lives that dominate our lives and, and, and 
whose approval has become so important to us. They are almost like people sitting in a grandstand. And we live our lives in front of this grandstand. Maybe the desert is challenging you to take some people out of your grandstand. People you thought that their opinions were very important. Probably people whose opinions have shaped your life and, 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 and you're living for their approval. And in the end, it causes you to do wrong things and things that you regret because you do it to get their approval. They always say the wrong, <coughs> the wrong thing is to buy things that you don't need with money that you don't have to impress people that you don't know. And isn't that the essence of approval addiction? Paul actually wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 1 verse 10 the following. If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. How many of us are trying to please men? And the desert can teach us to forget about the opinions of men. And only focus on one person's opinion. To clear the grandstand of all the faces and of all the people. And just have an audience of one. God and God's will for our lives. I think that's something Jesus learned in the desert while he was tempted. And then finally, Jesus also learned something about shortcuts. Because the final temptation, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Do you remember just before Jesus ascended to heaven? Just before Matthew 28 Verse 19, just before the, that verse where he gave them, them the big commission, the great commission where he said, go into all the world and make the people my disciples. Just before that, the verse just before that, he says the following more or less. He says, all the authority and all the power has been given to me. And here, before his ministry starts, the devil is offering him a shortcut. To get there quickly. Get there quickly. Don't go through the suffering. Go, don't go through the stress of working with people. Walking in Galilee. Traveling to Jerusalem. Don't go through all this. Don't go through the crowds and all the miracles. Don't go through the pain of the cross. Don't go through the grave. Here's a shortcut. I give you everything just now. Jesus says no. And I think the desert wants to learn us this. Teach us this as well. Beware of shortcuts. It's just human nature. We all love shortcuts. Me, myself, when I travel, when I drive, it's, it's, it's always a big temptation to try and look for a shortcut. And then most of the time I get lost. And then my wife will take out the phone and type in the address and the GPS will lead me there. And she would smile and ask me lovingly, why don't you just trust the GPS? Why are you always looking for a shortcut? But it's human nature, not just while driving or traveling, but for all things. And especially when it comes to difficult times, we want shortcuts. We want to get there quickly. We don't want to go through the suffering. We don't want to go through the cross. We don't want to go through the grave. We want it now. We want it all. And we want it now. A wonderful book I read it was a book by Scott Peck, and it's a bestseller book. And 
I always ask people when I talk about this book, how would you begin a best-selling book? Let me read to you how he starts his. Life is difficult. Once we truly know that life is difficult, once we truly understand and accept it, then life is no longer difficult. What a way to start a best-selling book. But what he's actually saying is, life doesn't have shortcuts. You have to go through deserts. The Spirit will lead you through it. But you can come out on the other side a better person. And don't look for shortcuts out of pain. This Houdini theology. I want to escape out of this. Because when you escape, you deny yourself the opportunity to grow. And guess what? You also deny yourself the opportunity to be ministered to by angels. The passage that we read ends off after the devil left Jesus. He was ministered to by angels. Wow. Because he stuck to the desert. Because he didn't escape the desert. There came this, this moment where angels ministered to him. I don't know who's the angels in your life. Will it be physical angels? Will it be people? Will it be some miracle? Will it be some provision that he provides? But at, on the other side of the desert, there's angels ministry. Can I invite you not to try and escape from the desert? And to accept the fact that the Spirit, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, among the wonderful things he does, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is it leads us through the desert and learn in the desert allow the inner work to take place be transformed in the desert how will you look on the other side of this pandemic will you be transformed will you be better off i remember that when you read luke's version of jesus Temptation and after he returned from the desert, we read the following in Luke 4. And Jesus returned to Galilee from the desert in the power of the Spirit. Just maybe if you stuck to the desert and allow the Spirit to lead you into and through the desert, you will return from the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. A better person, a more equipped person, ready to do the work that He wants you to do. That's my prayer for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I pray for this wonderful people that you will bless them. Those of them that are in a desert in this particular moment, guide them, give them strength. I pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen and Amen.